Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard on Chorus Radio. It's the travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. With more and more travel restrictions being imposed within and between the provinces and around the world, it's kind of timely that the folks at Travel Zoo have come out with a recent survey that shows that the vast majority of their members have gained a greater appreciation and lust for travel since the pandemic began. And just because you can't travel much now doesn't mean you can't plan for next year. So in a few moments, we're going to talk with Susan Caddo from Travel Zoo about their best bets for 2021, the Dreamers edition. And then we'll learn about a new hotel that will open up in a few weeks in Revelstoke, B.C., the Base Camp Resorts, Revelstoke. And then later in the podcast, our good friend, professional travel blogger Lee McAdam, founder of HikeBikeTravel.com, will join us to share her recent blog, 87 Fabulous Things to Do in Canada in Winter. Looking forward to chatting with Lee about that. But to start things out, as I mentioned, Travel Zoo recently came out with their best bets for 2021, the Dreamers Edition. Just because we can't travel much right now doesn't mean we can't dream and plan a trip for next year, right? So joining us to talk about Travel Zoo's best bets for 2021 is Susan Caddo, travel expert from Travel Zoo. Their website is TravelZoo.com. Hi, Susan. Hi. Uh, not much traveling going on right now, and it seems there's more restrictions uh, every day that we look in the news. But so we can look ahead to 2021, Travel Zoo's best bets for 2021. This is the Dreamers Edition. Why would you call it the Dreamers Edition? Well, these are destinations that are perfect for long-term trip planning because we realize that people may not be able to travel right now, but... You know, we did a survey of our members and they said that like 90, 89% of them said that planning a trip can be just as enjoyable as going. It is. And that anticipation is something that people have been missing. Yeah. And don't you think we all need that joy and, and, and anticipation? And that's why the Dreamers Edition is meant like we wanted destinations that you could plan long term. And, and key to this is they're actually actionable. Like all of these offer great deals with flexible cancellation policies. So you could actually like you know, book your trip now. And if, if things change, you have the freedom to cancel it. But, but during that whole time, you're going to have this amazing trip to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with uh, Islands of Tahiti. That seems to be the first one on the list. This is just random or is there a particular order? Um, no, th- it's more just, uh, you know, it's, 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 they're all fantastic destinations. So they're not in a particular order, but I love this Islands of Tahiti because this is really specific to this time because Obviously, this is an ultra-exclusive island. It's favorite celebrity destination, series of islands. But like all tourism-centric areas, demand has, has uh, really dropped during the current crisis. So now, in next year and the year following, the, these luxe high-end resorts that would have been impossible to find deals at before are going to be on sale. And that's why we think that um, this is the time to go. It, I mean, obviously, once you're there, you're going to be enjoying these kind of bone white beaches, these coconut groves, wild dolphins. There's nothing not to love about Tahiti, mm-hmm. but um, but it's it's affordable now, and that's why we've put it on our list. Uh, let's go a little bit further to Thailand. Yeah, so 
Thailand, again, is is always a great budget destination for Canadians specifically. Um, there are small, inexpensive boutique hotels everywhere. You can find terrific places to stay for less than $100 a night. But in 2021, you can also find these like luxury five-star uh, beach resorts. And I love Thailand because you can go to beaches, you can go to bustling cities, and you can do it all very um, affordably, especially in 2021. And also right now, there are very reasonable round-trip flights available. Um, they're, you know... From across Canada, because there are multiple airlines that serve mm-hmm. Thailand from Canada, it's a great destination for us. So the criteria here with the uh, dream version of your uh, best bets for 2021 is it's got to be really flexible uh, as far as cancellation. You can cancel and get their money back or travel credits. How does well, that work? Sure, travel recognizes that obviously people are, are are feeling worried about the future. So all of the deals we're offering right now. They are either fully refundable or they have no change fees. So you can lock in these amazing savings and you can pick your dates later in many cases. Um, so, you know, I, for example, purchased some travel zoo vouchers for uh, the Fairmount Mayacoba in Mexico. We don't have to pick our dates until we're ready to go. So, you know, and we can go as late as December of next year. So oh, that cool. kind of peace of mind is really good. And if we if we can't go, we can return it for a full refund. So you don't have anything to lose except you you, have, you can lose the chance to lock in these amazing deals because that's what there is. And there's a couple locations on our list that you don't even have to have a foreign currency. We put Whistler on there because this is an amazing year to go to Whistler because you'll have it to yourself. <laughs> um, and uh, and obviously there's fantastic deals there. And Toronto's also on our list as well. It's um it's bouncing back uh, quickly. I think it will bounce back quickly. And and it's it's important to support our local tourism industry as well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Bermuda. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. Now, we were thinking here of snowbirds who maybe traditionally went to Florida or, or Arizona or hot destinations, but Bermuda is less than a three-hour flight from, from Toronto, for example, um, and it's, it's seen fewer than 200 COVID cases since March, um, so it's a pretty safe destination with great security that way, great testing. And again, this is a place that, uh, like the islands of Tahiti, is traditionally very expensive, but this is the time to get those deals. So if you've ever wanted to go there, it's lush year-round, so it's a perfect anytime tropical destination, not boiling hot in the summer, I mean, sorry, in the winter, but certainly a lot warmer than Canada. It's (laughs) Travel Zoo's Best Bets 2021 version, the Dreamers Edition, so we can still dream, and who knows, um, you know, maybe by mid-2021, we don't need all those restrictions, and we can just kind of come and go as we used to. You you never know, right? Susan Cato is a travel expert with Travel Zoo. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Really great talking to you. Well, there's a new hotel set to open up in a few weeks in Revelstoke, B.C. It's the Base Camp Resorts, Revelstoke. And it's always exciting when a new hotel opens up. So here now to tell us more about the Base Camp Resorts, Revelstoke, is the owner and CEO of Base Camp Resorts, Sky McLean. Their website is basecampresorts.com. Hi, Sky. Hi. Tell me about Base Camp Resorts, the story behind it in general. Sure. So in 2016, 
um, I decided I wanted to start my own company and I thought that Canmore would be the perfect place because I had lived there previously and saw how successful uh, Airbnb style units were because I had two of them. And I thought, geez, if we could make a hotel of this style of accommodation, it would do really well. So one thing led to the next, and long story short, I ended up raising money from investors and finding a bank loan to build the first base camp resorts, which is on Bow Valley Trail in Canmore, and is 32 units that are apartment and townhouse style. So each unit has a full kitchen, washer-dryer, bedrooms, and what's actually really popular now in the time of COVID is the self-check-in, self-check-out option. So we have remote locked uh, door key entry systems that allow people to get a code into their email, go straight into their unit and leave whenever they see fit before checkout time. And they don't need to go to a front desk. They don't need to go to an elevator. They don't need to go through hallway. And I always thought that method of uh, running a hotel was just more seamless, but now it obviously applies even more given that we're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So since then, we've acquired a couple of buildings that we've renovated, turned into Base Camp Lodge and Lamp House Hotel. We have Base Camp Suites in Canmore, and now we're opening Base Camp Resorts, which is another 32 units in Revelstoke on December 3rd. Nice. Well, you're kind of ahead of your time, because I think now uh, the style of accommodations that you're talking about is even more and more popular. People are looking for that kind of thing, aren't they? That's correct. Not just because they want the self-check-in, self-check-out, but because people want to travel with multiple family members, groups, bachelor parties, all that different kind of thing. And they want to have the flexibility to cook their own meals, to have a kitchen, to do their laundry, say they went skiing and they want to wash their clothes. So that home-away-from-home style of accommodation is definitely... um, on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me about the rooms themselves. Are they all the same kind of uh, design? You said you had 32 uh, rooms at the uh, new resort in Revelstoke. No. So there's actually studio units, which are just kind of like a bachelor unit, and then one-bedroom unit, two-bedroom unit, three-bedroom unit. The two- and three-bedroom units are majority townhouse style. So you walk into two or three bedrooms and two bathrooms, and then you go upstairs to a big living space. And then a few of those units actually connect to one another to form a five or six bedroom unit, which is particularly popular because, like I said before, people like to travel with a variety of family members Mm -hmm. and big groups and not have to stay in, you know, a row of traditional hotel style rooms like two queen beds or one king bed or whatever. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the a uh, little bit more about the resort in Revelstoke. We talked about the style of rooms, but where is it located and when is it opening? Great. Yeah, it's actually located on Highway 23 North, about a kilometer north on the Trans- or from the Trans-Canada Highway on Highway 23. Um, so it is kind of a, a unique location in that you turn off and it's not obvious that you're going to get to a hotel. But then after, like I said, a kilometer, it, it comes up on your left and it's a gorgeous location overlooking the Columbia River. All of the rooms face west to a beautiful mountain view, and it's a very resort 
like setting once you're there and you're in your unit. There's a gorgeous walking path down to the river where we'll have some chairs and people can just sit there and read a book or relax. So it's definitely more of a resort setting than our other properties. So I'm looking forward to rolling that out on December 3rd. Mm-hmm. And what other uh, amenities? Is there like a restaurant on site? Uh, what other no. things do you offer? So we actually just offer the units and obviously we do have a front desk, but like I said before, people don't have to go to it to check in or check out, but we are there to support everybody. And our main focus is on providing the amenities in the unit. So like I said, again, the full kitchen, the washer dryer and everything you need being in your unit. And then um, we have cruiser bikes available for rent for free. Just people sign them out and then they can ride into town and go out for dinner or do whatever they want to do. Check out downtown Rebel Soak and then ride back. It's not far and you can actually do all of that through residential area and on a bike path so you don't need to cross the highway or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's about it. Really, we um, leave the restaurant business to the, the experts. <laughs> uh, so why Rebel Stoke? I love Rebel Stoke. I've been there um, in the summertime, not so much in the winter, but um, why Rebel Stoke? Why did you choose that area? So actually, personally, I love Revelstoke and I always like to travel there for skiing um, and biking and other outdoor activities. And I always found it really hard to find a place to stay for my group. And we weren't always organized, so we weren't booking like a year in advance. And we always wanted that, having a hot tub and having, um, you know, our kitchen and all that. And I could never find a place to stay. So once I ended up in the hotel business, it was just a no-brainer. Like, when you go to Revelstoke, we need to have this type of accommodation. And, oh, I did forget to mention we have two rooftop hot tubs, so two large hot tubs overlooking the great view of the Columbia River. So that would be our our main amenity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, it's different times these days in the hospitality industry. Uh, Give me a, a, well, tell me a little bit about some of the challenges, not only of opening a, a, a hotel during this COVID pandemic, but just building one. Yeah, actually, to be honest, the construction wasn't that bad because we were already under construction prior to the pandemic um, starting. And so luckily, we were just able to stay the course. And because the project is actually so large, it was rare, if not ever, that people were working within the same physical space of one another. Like in one unit, there would be a carpenter and the next unit, there would be a drywaller and the next unit, there would be, you know, whatever, an electrician. Mm -hmm. But they were never on top of each other in the same unit or even within like the same space. So in that sense, it wasn't a highly exposed uh, environment. The biggest challenge is actually operationally is finding the staff and finding the staff a calm and trying to keep everybody safe because when you're in and out of units cleaning, you don't want to be, you know, touching something that perhaps somebody touched if they even had COVID, you know, all these different things that are a total mystery. So really Mm -hmm. just keeping that higher level of cleanliness and keeping everything as sanitized as possible has been a bigger challenge than the construction itself. Mm -hmm. And speaking of staff, do you have people uh, while you're staying coming in to clean daily or anything like that? Or or is it once people have left, that's when the cleaning gets done. Correct. Under normal circumstances, we did what's called stayover service, which is what you said, like coming in, changing the garbage, um, perhaps replacing linens, that sort of thing. But now we only do that on request, just to keep that, again, that human contact to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Well, it must be exciting opening a new place. 
Yeah, I know. It's very exciting. And we're really excited to be in Revelstoke. I think it's a great location and so much to offer and so much potential. So we're really uh, stoked to be there. <laughs> stoked to be there. That's good. Um, it's the Base Camp Resort in Revelstoke. You can find more information on the website, basecampresorts.com. And Sky McLean is the owner and CEO of Base Camp Resorts. That was a pleasure chatting with you, Sky. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So when it comes to winter activities, I have to admit, given the choice, I'd rather head to warmer climates. But given this year of COVID, we might not get the opportunity to do that. So it's best to embrace the cold and enjoy the outdoors, right? So to give us some ideas on how to do that is our good friend, Lee McAdam. She is a professional travel blogger, and she recently wrote a blog titled 87 Fabulous Things to Do in Canada in Winter. As the title suggests, it covers activities across the country. And you can find it on her website, hikebiketravel.com. And Lee McAdam joins us now. Hi, Lee. Hello, Randy. 87 fabulous things to do in Canada in winter. I love how you start this out. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Canada is cold. And if you love the snow and cold, this is the place you want to be. But for people like myself, who have to really get myself up to go out in the cold, this is a pretty good article. I like it. Well, and it's also the year of COVID, and so where are people going to be going? I mean, maybe a lucky few will end up heading south, but for the most of us, we're just going to be enduring it. And, you know, you want to do better than endure it, or it's going to be a bloody long winter. So you really want to have some fun, and you need to plan accordingly, I think. Your first tip is probably the best one. Invest in warm clothing, because if if you start to get cold and, you know, that kind of thing, and you're not having fun, that really kind of puts a downer on everything, doesn't it? It really does. And, you know, the reality is I have been out many on many occasions in Alberta on a minus 25 C day, and you go, what am I doing? But if you are dressed appropriately and you have some warm drinks, you know, a couple of thermoses with hot apple cider or something like that, and some toll warmers or hand warmers, you can actually have a great day out there. And mm-hmm. it's, it's still not going to be for everyone. But I just say to people, layer, 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 and make sure that you bring extra socks in case yours get wet, and just be smart. So always, always go prepared. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, uh, to that point, when we were in Jasper a few weeks ago, we did a night walk. It it wasn't minus 25, but it was chilly, but I did that, I layered, and I was warm. Uh, And it's surprising how warm you can stay if you're prepared and you're dressed. Well, and that's it exactly. And a few years ago, we uh, skied up to Skokie Lodge beyond Lake Louise, and it was a bloody cold day. And, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be fun, you know, four hours outside. But really, we were sweating. We were taking our clothes off because <laughs> it was so warm with all the exertion. And so that's what people need to keep in mind. You go fat tire biking, you go cross-country skiing, even skating, and you're doing something hard and physical, you will be hot in no time. Mm-hmm. And I think people kind of get stuck on the downhill skiing and that, ty- that type of thing. But there are, as you just mentioned, uh, a lot of things you can do in the winter that don't involve going out to the ski hills. Well, and especially this year, I think... People's budgets are probably a little bit tighter, and not that um, a lot of us don't enjoy downhill skiing, but if you want to get a little bit more bang for your buck, there's lots of great things you can still do. 
Um, one of the new ones, like I haven't actually done it in Alberta. I've done it in BC and when I grew up in Ontario. But wild skating is absolutely catching on. And I don't know if you've heard about it. I haven't. Tell me. So um, there's actually a Facebook group. Uh, it's called the Bow Valley Facebook group. And that one is a public one. Uh, Bow Valley Wild Ice is actually what it's called. So um, Johnson Lake, uh, Lake Minnewanka, Gap Lake, I'm not sure what there is up in the Jasper area, but a lot of these lakes, depending on timing, are clear of snow and the ice is absolutely mirror-like and phenomenal. And it's like going to the White Way in the Invermere area and, and, ski, and skating that. But this is like bucket list worthy skating for the whole family. Nice. So you just have to be safe. You know, the, it has to be thick enough ice. Mm. And I know even Travel Alberta has been putting out messaging related to this. So it's becoming a little bit more mainstream and deservedly so. So I would 100% check out Bull Valley Wild Ice and just see where they're suggesting for uh, skating because they keep it very up to date. Yeah. And speaking of ice, something you mentioned in here, ice climbing. Uh, Tell me about that. Do you have to be experienced to do that? can Can a novice or a beginner do it? Oh, you know, absolutely. Because I say that because I've done it, <laughs> <laughs> and and I had and I had I was thinking, oh, what have I got myself into? So I did it in Moline Canyon was where I first experienced it, mm-hmm. and I went with a company I believe they were called Rockaboo Adventures, and so they take people like me who have never held an ice axe or a climbing ice axe like that in our hands before. And they, you know, you clip on a pair of crampons and they tell you what to do. And really, it was easier than I thought it would be. It was way more fun than I thought it would be. And especially Maline Canyon, because we went to the very end of the canyon. So we had to rappel in first, and then we climbed out. So there are many companies that offer beginner ice climbing lessons. And we see them, if you go up Johnson Canyon, you see the ice climbers all the time, which is one of the most popular areas. Mm -hmm. So someone like Yamnuska Mountain Adventures out of the Canmore area, they'll offer trips, they'll offer um, courses. So I would encourage people to try something different, and your kids can go with you too. Nice. Uh, And you mentioned Johnson Canyon. Give us an update on what's happening there. Well, a lot of people um, took advantage of the road that was closed in the summer to cycle it, but mm-hmm. as of last weekend, it reopened. So you don't have to uh, schlep your way into Johnson Canyon anymore uh, just to get to the trailhead. <laughs> so you can now drive Highway 1A again. Mm-hmm. And then Johnson Canyon is always a popular spot for good reason, too, um, to see the ice climbers, to just experience the beauty of the canyon with covered in ice. Mm-hmm. But I would caution people, it's usually one of the busiest places. So if you're going to go, make sure you have a mask this year, just in case. And take icers with you because you never know what the state of the trail is. And I just, you know, it's not that you can't get up the trail up and down safely, but not all people could. And I do think it would just be a little safer to have your icers on or a pair of poles. Mm -hmm. And if you want to avoid the crowds, just go first thing in the morning or late in the afternoon. Uh, you mentioned a few uh, backcountry lodges, too. I think this would be a, a great way to experience uh, the outdoors in a different setting because it gets darker earlier. Uh, Sundance Lodge, Skokie Lodge, Shadow Lake Lodge. Yep. And interesting, so Shadow Lake Lodge has been bought out by the Alpine Club of Canada. And the Alpine Club uh, has several huts and lodges that they operate, more huts than lodges. And so during COVID, you have to buy out the whole lodge as a private group or the whole hut, 
which is great because you're not going to have you're not going to be sleeping in the armpit of a stranger, right? <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which helps. Which is, yeah, I never like doing that a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. So this is a good excuse to go and try something different. And they go like down in Waterton, they have a hut. They have a hut on the BC Alberta border. Um, Lake O'Hara has huts, so there are lots of options when it comes to that. Um, I did check out today just to make sure I was giving your listeners good information. Just about every hut is, or every backcountry lodge is open. Most of them don't open until January this year, but not all. Mm -hmm. And um, they've reduced the numbers of people that they are allowing in there. Um, So Skokie is a great choice. They're open. There's Talis Lodge um, across the border in BC. There's Purcell Mountain. And then I'd also like to mention um, Mount Engadine Lodge. And although it's not Mm. backcountry, you you don't have to ski to it or snowshoe to it, but you can drive to it, and then you can do have a whole lot of fun snowshoeing and skiing around it. For sure. We've had them on as a guest. So, oh, uh, and yeah. I, do, I love going to that place in winter because they, there is so much to do in that area, and you know it can be a bit of a drive to get up there through the thick snow, but I'm always really happy once I'm there. So highly encourage that one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of just across the border, Walk with the Wolves. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, if you've ever wanted to get up close to a wolf, um, it's the Nature Center in Golden has a wolf walking experience. It's not inexpensive, but it is one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences. So what happens is you get a, you have a bit of an orientation, and then you all pile into a car, and they take you to an area that is that is public land, but it is very it's not used very often Mm. and then they have two wolves with them and there's usually a group of you and you're walking basically down this road through the forest to a river setting and so the wolves really don't pay a lot of attention to you unless there's some food around (laughs) (laughs) and then they might be a little more interested in you but it you know it's you see you just see how they're interacting and you just see the beauty of them outdoors and there's something that's completely completely magical about being Mm. with the wolves and then um, these people have been working with wolves, all well, probably most of their adults. So when we got to the river, they pulled out some food so that they we could have the photo ops with the wolves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that might not appeal to everyone, but I do think, you know, we all had smiles on our face when we had a wolf <laughs> on our back, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... The hardcore people are going to go, okay, that's not normal. But no, it's not, but it sure is fun. Yeah. And you're also helping to keep a lot of these wolves alive, and you're helping a good cause because wolves have definitely been threatened. So mm-hmm. um, that would be a great fun thing to do for the whole family, too. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing that's fun that I have tried is dog sledding in Canmore. Uh, quickly, tell us about that one. Um, several companies, so Canmore and the Kananaskis area. I think even if you can do a two-hour trip, that would be a fun thing to do. And um, maybe check before you pick a company. I love, I like the companies that will let you drive the sleds because it's way more fun at the back <laughs> of the sled. Not that it's not fun in the middle, but, you know, I, I like being in control, and I like being able to go really fast. <laughs> so, yeah, if you can give me a dog sled and I can drive it, um, I highly recommend that. 87 fabulous things to do in Canada, not just in Alberta uh, this winter. You can find it on Lee's uh, website, hikebiketravel.com. It's always fun to chat with you, Lee. Lee McAdam, uh, professional travel blogger. Thanks, Lee. Thank you very much, Randy. Enjoyed that. 
And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.